right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, guys. Hi, Clayton. Hello. How's it going? Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, we have very exciting news. If anybody listened last week, you heard us um, announce our new Patreon. I don't know if everybody listens to this sort of mini-sode, so we have a Patreon, guys. It's been a smashing success so far. Mm-hmm. We're so blown away by everybody who has joined, people who've reached out and said, thank you, thank you for doing this, that mm-hmm. you know, we finally have a way to, to support you guys. So it's been awesome. Right now, it's we have two tiers. We have the regular $5 tier, and then we do have another tier that is you can pay more if you want. That was recommended by us uh, to us by a patron who was like, hey, I want to be able to pay more. And so the thing with that is you can actually put in as much as you want in any of those. So you could you could give a hundred dollars a month if you wanted to. Not that you should, and not that you will. <laughs> but you can put in as much. Those the numbers that are there are just kind of recommendations. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's been so awesome. Everybody has been so cool about it. And part of joining the Patreon is getting shout outs on the podcast. So we have too many Patreons. Patrons. I keep saying Patreons. They're not Patreons. Patreons <laughs> the website. Patrons are our patrons. Yeah. So we have too many patrons to do shout outs in this one episode because we also want you know people to be able to hear their names and not it be just an avalanche of, of people's names. So we're going to do 10 here at the top of the show and then we're going to spread them out in the next couple episodes. So you will get your shout out. It's going to come, but mm-hmm. we want it to be special and not just part of a big glut. So we do need to shout out our first ever patron, Amy Steiniger. I know that's amazing. That was it was very exciting because I was like, what if we get no patrons? I know you were very scared. I had I had a number in mind Mm -hmm. because of percentages and we actually surpassed it, which I'm very, very excited about. But. Thank you so much for your patronage, for being the first one, because it, it just takes that first person to say, I'm going to do this. And people come to the website and say, oh, somebody else gave. I'll give because <laughs> it's when you walk by a restaurant and you see nobody in there. You're like, yeah. oh, it could be the best rest- restaurant in the world. But you think oh, there's got to be a reason no one's in here. But if you see a few people in that restaurant, you're like, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> so do we want to trade off Aaron do you want to take sure. the next one and so number two was Tiernan Andrews she proved that uh, Amy wasn't a fluke <laughs> and, that <laughs> yeah. more, and that more than one person wanted to join us so thank you to Tiernan and, uh, Aaron give me when I, we'll get to the one when we get to the one where you let out a sigh of relief let me know because oh. <laughs> number three Amanda Graham Thank you, Amanda, for joining. And then uh, Courtney Wowrick. Um, thank you. I think I probably around here, I was like, all right, I think people are joining. Like, this is really exciting. Um, and then, of course, I immediately felt the pressure. <laughs> but oh, I yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. Like, we got to get some them some good content. We got to figure out what to do. I mean, guys, this weekend, Clayton came over. And so it was a, 
it was a learning the trope summit me uh producer patty and clayton talking about different things we could do to the patreon and guys you're going to be excited because there are some very fun things coming up Mm -hmm. Um, and so next is danielle jackson dresser thank you so much for joining and then i left you with a hard name aaron i didn't do this on purpose i swear (laughs) uh so christiana raging uh i was so confident earlier when i was saying it raj singham raja singham i hope that's the way it's pronounced and i sincerely apologize if it is not um and if you want to send us a pronunciation guide we will do it again on the podcast to get it right but um, thank you so much for for signing up. We really appreciate it. These are all also people who signed up day one. Yes, we should we all we should have in the tier like we will give you a shout out, mm-hmm. and then also if we mispronounce your name and you send us the pronunciation, we will give you another shout out. That that should yes. be a part of that tier because we are bad at pronouncing names, as you all know. You're all fans, so you listen to us. Well, at least me, mushmouth my way through names and books. So, yes, definitely, Christiana. If you if you want to send us, if that was wrong, we'll give you another shout out. You'll go to the head of the line as well. Yeah. So then we have Ashley Kessler. Thank you uh, so much, Ashley. And then Louise. Just Louise, like just Prince Louise. or Madonna. Yeah, just you don't need to know. Like if you go to her town and you're like. You know, do you know Louise? And people are like, yes, obviously. They, you don't need a last name. They roll their eyes. They're like, do I know Louise? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I love the name Louise so much. It is one of my favorite names. It is a great name. And then we have Paige, Hel- Paige Helling. Mm-hmm. Yes, Paige Helling. Uh, you know what? I, it's so funny. Like, I, I've succumbed to making the type on my computer screen bigger while we do this podcast yeah. because I have to put my computer like uh, further away. And so I was like, oh God, am I this guy now? Am I this guy at this age where I have to make the <laughs> make the type really big? <laughs> so I guess I didn't make it big enough because I still had to squint for, for Paige. But thank you so much, Paige. Is that everyone we're going to do today, or should we keep going? We're going to do one more. We have another. We have another princess name: Beyonce, Oprah, and Cat. So thank you yes. so much, Cat, um, for joining the Patreon. For joining, listen, join early, join often. Um, <laughs> yes, make up fake <laughs> accounts so you can pay more than once. I guess. <laughs> No, that's silly. Don't do that. Just join the once. That's fine. Um, So Kat is, yeah, so thanks so much to everybody who joined. So a lot of these people are also members of our Facebook troop because we put the Patreon up there early um, just because we know that our troopers are, um, you know, such great listeners and we thought, you know, maybe get them a little sneak peek. Um, and also, if there was anything wrong, <laughs> we hoped that the troopers would be a little bit kind to us as we uh, fixed it. Um, but it seems like yeah. everything is going well so far. So very happy to hear it. Um, and then also, I mean, if there is something that you guys were hoping we would do on the Patreon, um, email us or message us within Patreon and let us know. We're coming up with things. But, you know, if there is something specific that you 
uh, were hoping that we would do, we'll definitely consider it for sure. Yeah, this is a community. It's definitely Uh for for all of us. Mm-hmm. And with with what we have so far, what you know, the amount we have so far, it's you know, it's going to cover books, which is huge because we were paying those out of pocket. It's it's going to cover the hosting, hosting, uh-huh. which is big. I mean, those are the main things. And then you know, past that, it's going to be just more stuff for you guys. So. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm and 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 I I just don't want to belabor this, but it means so much that people would donate and support the show because we know how much five dollars is. It truly is a lot because nowadays you just it's everybody's at okay, well you know budgeting because you have to, mm-hmm. and it means so much to for somebody to 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 spend that amount of money on us and, and the people who are spending more as well. It's just blows you away. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of like the thing about having a podcast and things like that, it's like, we're just kind of, it feels like we're just talking to each other once a week. And so anytime we get any feedback, like whenever you guys, you know, if you join the troop or you send us an email or um, Instagram or something, it always means a lot because obviously we do this. I mean, we do this because we enjoy it. We like talking to each other. We're both born talkers. But I think also because we we want to connect with people, we want people to get enjoyment out of what we're doing. And it's kind of a concrete way to see that we are, that you guys are enjoying it and that you're willing to sort of support us in this way it, it really does mean a lot and and we really really do appreciate it so thank you so much to everybody who has become a patron like Clayton said we didn't want to have just read off all the names at once and have it not be special so we'll probably do about 10 an episode um so yeah so if you are a patron and we haven't shouted you out yet we're going to we promise yes your time will definitely come <laughs> awesome all right well <laughs> That was a big part of the episode, but a bigger part of the episode is uh, the book that we read this week. We yes. went back what, to Homeland. Um, yes. What, what was this book, Aaron? So we read Brawn, which is New Species, number five by, of course, Lauren Donner. It came out in 2011. And I had lunch with a friend and she was like, how are you liking Lauren Donner? I'm like, we're number five. I'm like, we're loving it. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, it's the wildest world. It's our favorite. Yeah, so let's judge these covers. Well, this, okay, so we've got some covers here because, mm-hmm. Aaron, you dropped this Alora's K version of Had the Braun cover on Instagram, and people went nuts. Because yes. this is basically a, a, a naked man... From the side, no face, Mm-mm. and looking extremely buff and hot. This is a great cover. <laughs> I And this is the old version. Obviously, this was before it was reprinted. The second cover is in the same sort of style as the other covers uh, in the reprinting. He's uh, Braun is faced backwards, so you don't really see much. I don't love that cover. The Alora's Cave cover, I really, really like. Well, and that one is just so over the top. Because this guy is also impossibly muscular. Like, he doesn't look 
comfortable. It is body, but I love it. And when I saw that cover, I was like, oh, we have to put this on Instagram. It's so much fun. He's so muscular. And then, yeah, the new, the Braun from 2016, sort of like the re-release. It's good in that it's like, you know, she has um, a very like similar thread going through all of these books. And so they all look kind of the same. So uh, those books are all kind of, yeah, torsos. And this is his back with the long black hair. I, I think it's fine. I don't like, obviously, the one with the naked guy is just so great and over the top and like kitschy in a way that I really love. But I I mean, I think they're both good covers. I, they it, also so, both give you an idea of who Braun is, you know? Well, so the Alora's Cave cover reminds me of two things. Schwarzenegger, when he shows up in Terminator mm-hmm. naked, and Stallone in Demolition Man when he's getting cryo- cryologically. Well, I guess it's not, it's like that goo. Did you ever see the movie? I've never he's seen either get... of those movies. I Oh my god. Well, he's going to get frozen and they cover him in in goo and he's naked. Okay. This this was like the physique of the hero like the action heroes I grew up with. This is like a Stallone or Schwarzenegger just meat, just a big muscly meat mass. This was <laughs> this was what bodies of heroes look like when I was a kid. And so yeah. that really, I, I think, uh, flashed me back. Now, we were talking off mic about Aloria's, Alora's uh, cave. Mm-hmm. And because anytime we've done books or looked at books that were published through Alora's cave previously, at least the physical versions are pretty expensive if you tried to buy them on the secondary market. And I looked into Alora's Cave a little bit, and I'm curious with our our listeners if they ever had any sort of um, experience with them. Like, did they buy any ebooks? Because the company started in 2000 as a place to buy ebooks before ebooks were a thing, before Amazon kind of you know cornered that market, and. They would send PDFs of erotica and romance and things that were more on the fringe. They weren't your, uh, you know, uh, romance novels you would find on the shelf at Walden Books or B. Dalton. Mm -hmm. And they basically were killed by Amazon. I mean, there was some legal issues. There was some mismanagement of funds and things because, uh, you know, that I won't go into just because it's... I don't know the whole truth, but supposedly there was, you know, authors not getting paid and stuff, which can't happen. That's not cool. Right. But I also right. think it might have to do with not being able to run a business, you know, just not being good at running a business is a possibility there too. Mm-hmm. But I'd be curious, email us if you have any experience or if you ordered a PDF from them. And because they originally started as PDFs and then. Uh, or if you have a physical copy of uh, Alora's Cove, uh, 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 Alora's Cave, I always want to say Cove, Alora Cave uh, <laughs> books, 
and what they look like, how the printing style is. Like, is it is it a truly independent looking style of printing, which I think we all know as book lovers, we know those books and how they're printed and what they look like. Mm-hmm. I'm just very curious because I've never seen one in, in real life. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Yeah, and, it, and I guess this also makes sense that you could have a cover like this risque if it's just sort of like sending PDFs to people. Because then it doesn't really matter what the, like, it's not like it's on a shelf. Where I feel like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like, this on a Walden bookshelf, I feel like would be a bit scandaloso. And the newer one, yeah, it, I could see this being on a shelf, you know. Yeah. And I think they did start, they did, you know, they got into physical publishing and, and did really well in that space, too. So it's it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting story. But yeah, so... Clayton, what was this book about? This book was about <laughs> Becca and Braun. Becca is the daughter of uh, a gentleman who works with the new species. And he is going to move Braun into the guest house. That It's so confusing, this. So... Th- her okay becca's grandfather had a house and then a guest house and left it to her and her father and she was living in the guest house and her dad tim wanted her to move back into the main house so that braun could stay in the guest house and she said no i don't want to live with you i'm not a kid anymore she's almost 30 and there is a literally five page argument about how she's not a kid anymore and long story short, she starts living in the same house as Braun. They kind of are flirtatious. She's hot for him. He's hot for her. Then these uh, scumbags break in and they kidnap Braun and kidnap her, take them to a old abandoned Morcal Industries, uh, I guess, lab and try to experiment on him. They're, he, they're saved. She gets pregnant. And then it's just a whole long end of the book where she thinks he doesn't want the baby. He says, you're mine. And it's it's just a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I know. I, I will say, this is my least favorite of all of the books we've read uh, in The New Species. I agree. I was trying to think, like, I wonder what was happening in her life when she wrote this book, because this is not the, this is not the the new species that we know. It's not sort of like at the level. And yeah, like you said, there's all, so many things of us reading characters learn information that we already know. Mm-hmm. And I just don't need it. Like I need those. Com- I need to read those conversations when I too need the information. But when I already know the information and I'm just reading like Tim Alberto go through what happened. It's like, well, I know what happened because I was there like the whole time yes. that they were in there. So it's like, I don't need a play by play of someone who wasn't there telling someone else what happened. And it just felt like there was a lot of padding in this book because ultimately it's very simple. Like they get kidnapped. They kind of fall for each other while they're kidnapped. They have sex in the cage. And then after they're released, they're sort of separated. 
And then they're each told that the other one doesn't want to hear from them. Then mm-hmm. she finds that she's pregnant. She comes back and he realizes that he loved her all along. And she thinks like, no, you just want to be with me for the baby. And they have to kind of overcome that. And it's it, like, there were moments that were really sweet that I did enjoy, but on the whole, it was a bit of a mess. You're right. It feels like this is a book of characters not listening to what other characters are saying. Right. There's that whole conversation with Trisha, who is the doctor at Homeland, mm-hmm. and Becca calls to and, – and disguises her voice, which I would love to know how she's disguising her voice because she does an accent. I'd love to know what that accent was. It was a Texas it, accent, she said. It was like a southern drawl. Okay, so that's – okay, That I'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. So she calls, and she's – talking to Trisha, and she says, I'm pregnant with a new species. Let me know if I can eat chocolate or not. And and Trisha's like, this is a prank. Is this a prank? She's like, no, this is not a prank. I want to know if I can eat chocolate because I'm craving chocolate. She's like, "Let this is a prank. Is this a prank? It was <laughs> so infuriating that, okay, give me more details. Give me more details. I just want to know if I can eat chocolate. Let me know if I can eat chocolate. Should I eat more? Should I eat meat? This is a prank. It's like, oh yeah. my gosh, listen to her. And also, nobody thinks that the, that, uh, uh, I guess maybe they get a lot of prank calls, supposedly. Yeah. But still, it was really frustrating the, the, repetitiveness of some of these conversations, especially at the very end when it's just, you don't love me. You want to be with a baby. I love you. You're mine. Tell me you're mine. You know, and, and the whole, Open your mouth. Open your mouth. <laughs> that <laughs> was, was so like, bizarre. So bizarre. Which is like, I get, I I don't, it, it's like, I, I get that it, you're supposed to show that he doesn't, like, they don't really know how to show affection, but it's so weird to kiss somebody on an open mouth, if you think mm-hmm. about it, you know? Like, and- even when you're, like, tonguing somebody, French kissing, you don't start with the open mouth, necessarily. No, the mouth opens to, you know, it opens in relation to the tongue, actually. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. This book was just a lot of the same conversations happening and just the same information just being disseminated over and over again. And I guess we're the milking podcast now because (laughs) there was another milking machine in this because the evil doctor... Who we never figure out what happens to other than she's going to go to the new species prison and I guess bad things are going to happen to her. But she was set up to be, it felt like, somebody who would maybe get their comeuppance that we saw and it doesn't happen. And all the scumbags, the the thing about Laura, Laura Ann when she writes bad guys is that they are just scumbags Mm -hmm. like absolute pieces of shit whose language is disgusting all they want to do is sexually assault people if they had the chance that's what they do all day is swear and sexually assault and i understand that there are people that exist like that but it's so one-dimensional right and and so it's kind of needless like we know these people are bad and we and it's Every single one of those people who were hired to, you know, kidnap and 
and keep the the new species where they are were just awful, awful people. Mm-hmm. And I get it, but it's a little too much sometimes. Yeah. So they were doing this to like try to sell the sperm to, <laughs> to people in Europe, which is apparently where yeah. all the scumbags live. And they wanted to keep new species as pets. In Europe, which yeah. is so weird because, like, new species, like, the way they are described are, like, mostly people with, like, just s- some animal-like qualities. It's not like they're, they don't look like, I don't know, it's so bizarre that you'd want them as a pet. Because then it is just mm-hmm. having, like, just a big person in your house who has cat-like eyes. Well, and even one of the scumbags says... They don't realize how nasty and mean they can be when they grow up. Yeah, I guess so. So it is kind of a recipe for disaster if you have a, you know, if you end up having a new species and you're going to treat it as a pet, it's not going to like that. No, because it's pretty much a person for the Mm -hmm. most part. Yeah. I mean, that was great. So, yeah, so they were getting, there were milking machines, but then they decided that, they had to give them some sort of chemical for the milking machines. And they're like, no, it's better if we don't have the chemical. So they're like, since you are his girlfriend, you will jerk him off eight times in a row. And then that will be better because he's attracted to you. And I was like, I don't think men need to be attracted to the person doing the tugging necessarily. Not necessarily. I'm I'm sure it helps, but I, I don't think necessarily. <laughs> well, the, so the drugs were to make them horny enough to mate because mm-hmm. we've read in the previous books that when they were being experimented on, a lot of the new species would resist mounting the, their own kind, new species females, and regular females just out of we don't want to do this, especially with the human females, because we could kill them because we like it really super rough. And also there's that pridefulness of I'm not an animal. Don't treat me that way. I'm not going to just mount something if you want me to. So these drugs make them crazy enough that they do bad things. And they're assuming those drugs are having some effect on the sperm where the sperm will die before it's able to fertilize. And if they don't have the drug in the sperm it could be able to fertilize somebody. Now, we already know, because from this book, they were saying it's never happened before, there's never been a pregnancy. Well, we know that Forrest exists, and that is Trisha and Slade's baby. Yes. Right? So that's the yeah. first baby. But then there are... That was the first ever. Yeah, but like Ellie's also pregnant with Fury, and then somebody else is also... I think they said there were like two others or something. Yeah. So it is sort of the this drug that they were giving them to be super horny seems to be the reason why they can't get pregnant. Yeah. So that's interesting. And they can only have sons, which I didn't understand why, but okay. Right? they're just so masculine. I guess. I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of like very... I, I, I think it's always like... Normally it's always just a flip of the coin if it's a male or female, but... I know. This, it's only boys. Um, so, like, I did, they, like, there were moments with Braun 
and Becca that like I did like like honestly like this felt like it could be a novella that she mm-hmm. stretched to make it a novel and it just it's like uh just have it be a novella I guess it's like it just seemed like there wasn't enough there or add things because then it was it was hard too because once Braun you know finds out about Becca and that Becca's like in Homeland and pregnant he immediately, like, any time they get together, he immediately, like, starts trying to fuck her in a way yes. that is just, like, she's always into it. And I'm not saying that there's any sort of shades of anything nefarious, but it is just, like, have a conversation, guys. It's so bizarre. Yeah, the fir- the first time he sees her a- as pregnant, he goes down to, to go for a lick. Yeah. In it's, it, the doctor's office, I don't. I just didn't like. Yeah, like, she's strapped down for yeah. the for the exam. And yeah, Bron. Yeah, I, I like the I like the aspect at the beginning where it's like we're a team. Mm-hmm. We have to be a team together to survive this when they get captured. Uh, Becca's insane plan of just next time you pick me up and we're outside the cage, throw me at the people. And then I will get shot and killed, but you will get a chance to escape is an insane plan. Yeah, it was not a good plan. I don't think they were never really going to go through with that plan. And her again, we have the the obsession with weight in these books. Oh, yes. Because she is I believe she says she's 160. It is crazy to say a specific number of weight because Mm -hmm. the thing is, too, is like. People in American society have no sense of what an amount, like a weight looks like on different bodies. Exactly. And also it doesn't matter, obviously. And it's like, and it's, that's such an odd number too, because it's like, that doesn't mean anything. It's like how people, like men always think that like thin women weigh 120 pounds and fat women all weigh 300 pounds. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. like, w- w- <laughs> you have no sense of how much a woman could weigh. And it's yes. like, it, it, it depends so much on, like, how you carry weight and muscle and all of these factors. But, like, yeah, it's crazy because it was only 2011. And it's like, if it was the 90s, I feel like I'd be like, okay, well, it was a different time. And so putting a specific weight in a book made... It didn't make sense then, but at least it's, like, forgivable because just as a society, everyone was, like, off the rocker. But I'm like, 2011, we definitely knew better. And that's the thing that's bizarre because it's, like, one six. what is that supposed to mean? Well, she also says that she would lie about her weight because she actually tells Braun her actual weight because she would usually lie about it by 20 pounds, which is a lot to lie about right which is also i think why a lot of people don't know what weights look like because everyone is just lying it's like who gives yeah. a shit man exactly but it's that and if i told bizarre. you i weighed 160 you'd say okay i could see that but if i also told you i weigh 180 you'd say i guess that's that could work too but you wouldn't look at my body any differently you wouldn't be like oh yeah okay I, I and then her love handles were a big thing. She always mentioned her love handles. Like I get that there is a like there is a thing of like being naked with somebody 
not pregnant. And then the next time they seeing you being like very pregnant and being a little self-conscious because your body has changed and it's ridiculous to act like you should just be a hundred percent in love with your body at every stage, no matter what. Um, it's just not realistic. Like, yeah, everybody should and everybody's body is wonderful and it gets you through the world. And that's kind of the only thing you can really expect of it. And that's the thing. And obviously if someone's having sex with you, they are attracted to you. But I think it's like having that internal monologue is a little, it, it is fine to me to be like, oh, I'm, you know, last time you saw me, I looked my physically, I looked a lot different. So now I'm worried if you'll still be attracted to me that I look different now. Um, and he very much was, so they, it wasn't really a big issue, but I get that's like a, a thing that you could think about, but yeah, specifically harping on the weight and everything. It's just unnecessary and boring. Well, I mean, frankly, well, I'm she, just very bored. Well, she was talking about her love handles even before she was pregnant. Oh, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, yeah, had she not, had it just been like the, her thinking about it when she was pregnant, I'd be like. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, just think about your love handles in general. It's like, all right, well, I don't know. He he wants to fuck you or he doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with your love handles. But yes. yeah, I hated all that so much. Yeah. But this it's it that's a running theme in in the new species books. Mm-hmm. Is just is just hang ups, weight hang ups. Physical hangups. I mean, that is so interesting, too, because, you know, we've all all the books we've read about human women and new species men and, you know, that the new species are all genetically altered to be these like paradigms of masculinity, like so tall and deep voices and tons of muscles and stuff. So it is interesting that they are all with women who have like tons of insecurities about the way that they look. When they're mm-hmm. just human women, you know? Yeah. It is It is interesting. I know. Like, is that something? Like, maybe. Like, is she doing something really subversive and we're, like, just missing the point? I, it's possible. I don't think so, though. Yeah, I don't think so either. But, yeah. So, so I, I do think it was a shame because I do like these books and I was excited to jump back in. Mm-hmm. But this book did, you know, like we said, it's a little bit repetitive. I thought Braun wasn't different enough from the other new species to really make him distinctive. And Becca was kind of just a nut. I mean, she was so, so, like, willing to kill and die. Yes. In a way that I thought was, can we have her character be a little bit different? I, I just, there was, there's not much character there. Other, you know, she was older, I guess, than some of the other protagonists we've had in this, in these books. She's almost 30. She is a widow. Mm-hmm. But then we find out that her husband, Bradley, was a piece of shit. Of course. Mm-hmm. He couldn't just be somebody she truly loved who died of a heart defect. He was a guy who she would dress up in lingerie to try and get him excited and help with their stale sex life. And he'd say, you're a whore and go sleep on the couch. So Bradley was not a catch. No. And she only stayed married to him because her dad 
said it was a mistake to marry him and she wanted to put it in her dad's face, which is insane. And her relationship with her dad is not healthy. That relationship. Oh, I did want to talk about this. Okay. Her relationship with her father is cuckoo bananas because they have such a weird relationship where he is like overbearing to her and she does feel close to him, but they are so antagonistic. Mm hmm. And what I thought was interesting, and I don't know if she did this accidentally or on purpose, but like there is this thing of like, you can't ever tell your kids that you will kill anyone that hurts them or anything like that. Because like kids take that literally and they believe like uh, if something bad happens to them, they don't want to tell their parents because they don't want their parents to do something. They don't want their parents to end up in jail. Mm -hmm. And so you 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 just you can't say that to them and that is literally what happens here we're like rebecca has this situation she's an adult woman she had uh consensual sex with somebody and ended up pregnant and then she feels like she can't tell her father because she takes him literally that he will murder braun and she doesn't want that and so she like hides in the woods and does all these things and it just shows like how destructive that sort of weirdly machismo uh, mentality is of like, I will kill anyone that hurts you or anything like that. It's very, um, it's super damaging. And their relationship Mm -hmm. is so toxic and just bad. Yeah. It's like propriety over a woman's body. Yeah. In that way where people think, well, no, but I'm, I'm her father, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing I'm looking out for what happens to her body. And it's like, no, it's no different than the government saying it's not good for you to to, to have this, you know, for, for you to do this to yourself or, or you know, take birth control, whatever it is. It's the same thing. It's still propriety. It's right. There should be no propriety over anybody's body, mm-hmm. you know. And so that that is that whole – that whole thing is so outdated. And it's outdated in 2011, Right. Right. It's not like this is from the 80s or something. It's like this is not how you don't care for somebody by terrifying them. And you don't care for somebody by, you know what I mean, saying I'll I'll murder anybody that hurts you or I have control over like who you sleep with, who you associate with. Because that's the thing he like started where he was like, I know that these guys are are really muscular and hot and you're going to want to sleep with them and we can't allow that to happen. And it's like, I, she's a grown up and it's her choice. And you can say like, I think there's going to be a lot of fallout if you do, you know, I just yeah, didn't like it. 30. I know. She's 30 effing years old. This isn't a 16 year old. This isn't an 18 year old. You know, this is a 30 year old woman who has been married and widowed. Right. And the other thing about this book that I found so strange is every big conversation that should be had by the main characters with somebody is farmed out. So, like, I forget who tells Tim, um, Becca's father. Is it Dr. Trisha or Justice? I think it's Justice. I think it's Justice. Yeah. Does. And it's like... That should be a conversation that Becca has with her father, like over the phone or something, if she really is worried about her safety. And it sounds like based on what he said, she she might 
be or she should be. But it's so bizarre to not have her do it. And then the big discussion that sort of unlocks why Becca is so reluctant to really be there with Braun is because of how shitty her husband was. She doesn't tell Braun. She tells Dr. Trisha while Braun is also in the room. And it's like, I don't understand why that couldn't be a conversation between just the two of them. Mm-hmm. To show growth of like Braun really listening to her and her feeling vulnerable enough to say this thing that that makes her feel vulnerable. And I think it would have been stronger if like those conversations had been had by the people who are most affected by them. Because it is also it's like even if it this was not new species world, if you got pregnant by somebody for whatever reason thought they didn't want to see you or they never called you again and then they just showed up one day and were like, okay, actually, let's mate for life. Day one. I would be like, okay, this is a lot. I feel like we do need some time to get to know each other. And there was never that space for let's get to know each other or have these conversations or really develop a deeper bond. It was just like, we're really good in bed together. So, like, I do think we should be mated for life. And it's like, I don't know about that with you two. <laughs> Like, yeah, and I think that's the thing. And I, I feel bad that we're kind of tearing this book apart. I mean, there were sweet moments, but I think we're definitely going to read book number six of New Species. Like, this is not us jumping off the train. We're still very, I at least, I guess we haven't discussed this. I'm very much still on the New Species train. No, I am too. I mean, we're so far into it at this yeah. point. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. There's only 15 books, as you said last episode. <laughs> Yeah, there's only 15. So, I mean, come on. But, yeah, I, I think we we have shown our fandom and we have liked enough of these books that I think we have uh, an ability to criticize if we and, – and we're not – we're not criticizing. We, we still enjoy the world that she's created. We still – want to like you said continue on this journey we're just we're just we wanted to really love this book and we were bummed that we didn't right and also it's like listen we have read books that have been difficult to read and we are mad at and i was never mad at this book you know what i mean no i was disappointed yeah i'm not mad i'm disappointed (laughs) i mean like it was an enjoy like i read it fairly quickly it was an enjoyable enough read But I do think, yeah, like you said, we've read enough new species that we know what a great new species book is. And this just wasn't, you know? You know, because I I think the thing, too, is that I want to move past the experimentation. I I Mm -hmm. want them to be able to move past into creating because it's interesting that they have their own sovereign state, basically. They have their own prison system. They have their own law system. And it's all because the U.S. government was who were, it turns out, funding these experiments. So the new species went to them and said, hey, we'll expose this. And, and, and if, you, if we don't, you know, if we shut up and don't expose this, you're going to give us this, this, and this. So it's very interesting. I just want to see more of the creation of a place for them to live. You know, it's, we, we talked about this also off, off mic where the why why is this why is new species not as big as ice planet barbarians and i think it's because and you said this is that the first ice planet barbarians had that heaviness to it there was the assault and everything that we really kind of blanched at and then it turned into this 
this series about community and a series about a group of people just loving each other out in the open, this series is still very focused on trauma and darkness and assault and bad things mm-hmm. and all the bad things that happen to the new species. And, I, and I'd love to see if this, this series eventually moves past that and reconciles some of that so that they can create a you know, homeland and make it a place that's full of, you know, uh, just a community. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't know if it ever reaches that. I don't know if that happens. And this might not be the series. I might be asking for something that is not what this is. But I'm hoping that there's some happiness that comes and some peace that comes to the new species at some point. Yeah. And I mean, the thing that was fun about this book was seeing Dr. Trisha, seeing Slade, seeing Justice and Jesse. Like, I loved all those moments. Whenever the other characters came back, I was like, yes. Like, I hope as we move through the series and there are just more and more people that we know that that starts happening more. Where it's kind of like Breeze was there, who we always love. So being all horny. I know. I, she's great. I hope I don't know if she gets a book, but I hope she does because I just really like her a lot. Um, and then we're introduced to Bestial. I know. He's going to be one. Got to be, right? Yeah. Listen, we're we're going to get to everybody. There's 15. Only. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Only um, 15. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have anything else or should we ask the big question? Yeah, let's ask the big. Well, uh, do you want me to ask the question because I usually do? Yeah. Would you fuck them? Yes, obviously. I'm going to say no. Well, I would say yes to Braun. He seems he knows how to put it down. I don't know about Becca. No to Becca. I'm not a cat guy. <laughs> Although I do think the I think there's a I do think I would fuck Braun. I I I I don't think I'd fuck Becca though. I know me neither, yeah. I just don't want to get killed by her dad. Um that makes cuz you're also not a dog person. I am no. Tell everybody the less, one dog that you do love and what her breed is. What her breed is? Or like who's the one dog that you love? Oh, well there what book was it? No, it's a real dog, Ginger. Oh, Ginger's fun cuz Ginger's old as shit. <laughs> basically lays around all day, doesn't bark. Yeah, she's well, a only corgi. barks when you say Corgis are the best. Cover your ears. Only barks when you say Jerry. <laughs> so if, if if Ginger's listening, do not. You got to mute that part because because Ginger she, will bark. Jerry's the name of the cat that she lives with, who she absolutely fucking despises. <laughs> That's so hilarious. You can't even say the cat's name. <laughs> she gets so mad. And this is the most docile dog. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing winds this dog up. And then you say Jerry, and it's all over. And I thought it was a joke. And then your mom said Jerry one time, and and, and, and Ginger went apeshit. It was so funny. Oh, and she would bark when your dad coughed, because we called her the cough alarm, too. (laughs) But then she would also modulate. So if it was a quieter cough, she would... She would yes. bark quietly. <laughs> it, it, that's absolutely true. It's hilarious. 
Anyway, so she was for a dog guy. that has no discernible hearing left. <laughs> but yeah, occasionally I do like dogs, but yeah. but most of the time, my philosophy and my how I believe is dogs should should be outside. That's okay. Well, that's not because we've built we've built the reason we built shelter was to keep the elements out and to keep animals out. And now we're letting them back in, and I don't approve of it. This is your thing. I would sleep in a bed with 12 dogs. I love dogs. That is disgusting. (laughs) Can you imagine if, oh, Pat would abs, Pat would divorce me. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say he wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, listen, I know who I married. I I made a decision when I married him. But yeah, I do love it. I do love, I love dogs and cats. Listen, I love all the animals. Yeah. Listen, I, they have a right to exist. <laughs> just not, just not near me. Um. All right. Let's do Goodreads list on quite a few. Oh, yes. Um. So paranormal pregnancy, PNR romance. Well, see, they just gave it away because PN. R is paranormal romance. Yeah. Uh, yes. Controlly, sexy, possessive men. Yes. The I mean, all that's all new species. Yeah. Best erotic sci-fi romance. See, there's here's the thing with sci-fi. I guess this is technically sci-fi because there is science involved in it because of the you know making animal human hybrids. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. If someone asked for a sci-fi book, I wouldn't say New Species. Because right. sci-fi to me is like aliens, really advanced technology, space. Maybe I'm just being ignorant in that, but I, I wouldn't call this sci-fi. So I would say don't put this on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sci-fi, I think of space. True alpha males who do not share their women. Yeah, that's all New Species. Best romance with forced arranged marriage mating bonding. It is, it is, you know, mate mating definitely. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best. No, no, gentle giants and romance. I wouldn't call him gentle. No, I mean he's the whole thing with the new species is that they are trying their best not to be rough. Yeah. Oh, I know that's true. And they sometimes fail. I mean, gentle giants and romance. Yeah, this is a tough one. He's definitely not gentle with other people. Yeah. Genetically engineered super soldiers, hybrids, cyborgs, mutants. Yes. Books with the hottest sex. The sex was good, but I wish there was more emotion. Yes, true. It felt like, because I think sex without the lead up or the feelings feels very like mechanical and boring when you read it. I'm sorry. It just does. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it needs to be a release for the reader as well as the the hero and heroine. Yes, exactly. And if it's not, if it's if it's only a carnal release and not an emotional release, it doesn't resonate. Yeah. Experiments on humans. Yes. Your favorite monogamy is DNA. Monogamy is genetic and impossible to avoid in romance novels. Uh, yeah, it's on this list, but. <laughs> You this just... list is whacked. <laughs> Pregnant with hot, sexy men who would do anything to stay with their women. Yes. And now I'm looking at, because you you know, you know do the notes and you mm-hmm. send this out. 
did you spell sexy with two eyes or was that the list no, maker? No, that's the list. I just cut and paste. I don't do any sort of editing. Okay, because you didn't edit that to be spelled <laughs> insanely incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to catch me. Yeah, sexy, um, sexy with two eyes. Uh, yes, this is on the list, but this list needs to be proofread. Sexy, scarred, heroes, beautiful, scarred, heroines. Is he scarred? I don't think so. I mean, she scratches him. Yeah, I, but and, I wouldn't say they, scarred. No, I don't think this isn't a scarred romance. Romantically forced. I mean, they're not forced. The. I mean, I guess they are when she's like taking the samples from him. Yeah, but that's not romantic. No, that's, that's certainly not romantic. Although he admits, like, he was really turned on by it, and then he felt guilty that he was turned on by it. There was a lot of emotions. Like, there are a lot of emotions in this book. None are explored. And I think that's the part that I felt bad about. Mm-hmm. Paranormal, stymie, <laughs> erotic romance, steamy. Okay, what? What? What is uh, stymie with so many M's and Y's? I think they just misspelled steamy. Okay. <laughs> We're getting a glimpse of the fan base here. Hottest guy on cover. I mean, yes and yes. Two hot guys. Um, yes for the Allura's cave, but I would say no for the other one. All right. Wow. Okay. Uh, romance with forced seduction or rape by the hero. I don't... I mean, there's lines get blurred. Yeah. And this is... Okay. So this is New Species. So they always... There is always that... I want to mate with you and the woman being a little bit not a hundred percent at first because it is a animal human hybrid and there's some fear involved. But I do think that's part of the eroticism of these books. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go as as far as to say this was forced. I guess, I mean, I guess technically forced seduction. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're blinding ourselves because we've read so many of these books. Yeah. If this was the first time you read A New Species, which I would not recommend this being the starting point for you, you might be like, yes, 100%, what are you guys talking about? This is for seduction yeah. and borderline, borderline the R word. Mm-hmm. So Insta- I guess it's on the list. Yeah. Insta love romance, no cheating. I mean, they're not. <laughs> no, no, no cheating in caps. <laughs> they're not. Uh, I wouldn't say it's inst- like they're definitely both attracted to each other at first, but I think it's like very clear it's lust it's a at physical first attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Fat and curvy chicks that are loved by their hunk hero or heroes, polyandry. So this is just one hero. This is covering so many bases. Uh huh. So curvy women plus polyamory or the possibility of polyamory. I would not. I would not say that she is fat. I could see curvy. Right. And he's a hunk, so I, I I do think I think this list could be reworded, mm-hmm. but I do think it's on the list. Um sci-fi cage romance. Yeah. Yes, there's cages involved. BDSM fiction. I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily BDSM. He's tied up at one stage, but it's not, like, for the sexual gratification. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess there's there are BDSM elements, but they're not so prominent. I wouldn't recommend this as a BDSM book. No. 
Uh, gotta have PNRs slash UFs that don't suck. Okay, so paranormal romances. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's UF? F is fiction, right? No. UFs. <laughs> Fuck. Unnatural feelings. <laughs> no. I, what's UF? Urban fantasy. Urban. F- uh, I oh I forgot about urban fantasy. Yeah. God, I hate urban. I hate that term, urban fantasy, because I always forget about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I think it's fine. It's not my favorite, but. No, that this is maybe a confusing thing to be on the list for this to be on. Yeah. Science, religion and apocalypse. Science, I guess. Yeah, you do your thing with this list, man. I don't know what what I don't know what the deal is with that. Yeah. Apocalypse. Up or down anxiety and depression and romance. Um, is she necessarily, would would you say she's depressed um, or I, anxious? I mean, the thing that happens to her would make her anxious and depression comes with pregnancy. So maybe, but I wouldn't say that the focus on the, of this book is anxiety and depression. Right. I don't think so either. I think there are like other books that do it better, you know, have better like mental health examples i think because her is also it's like i think she's probably supposed to be depressed after her husband dies and stuff but like that's also normal you know yeah anyway um veil widows and paranormal romance novels she is a widow yes that is true speculative fiction romances with tall and or plus size heroines i I guess she's supposed to be plus size who knows uh, erotica and romance men vamps and alien males with endowed or unique penises. Yeah, so the penis actually does not, like some of the canine new species, hmm. does not get enlarged and not uh, the stuck inside the female. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. not. But the so, sperm is piping hot. Very, very hot. So, yeah. So I would I would say it, it belongs on this list. When she's blowing him and he's like, I'm going to come. And she's like, okay. Like, she wants to swallow it. And then he, like, rips her off his dick. And it's like, I yes. can kill you with my sperm. I know. Oh, it, it, it's great. I, was this a great book? I think it, maybe it was. Um, all right, Clayton, what are your tropes? Well, I, I, there was forced proximity. Mm-hmm. There was... Um, you know, uh, I do think it's lust at first sight. Yeah. I think there was, uh, pregnancy and accidental, not planned. And yeah, those are my tropes. What are your tropes, Aaron? So mine are accidentally pregnant uh, forced proximity, miscommunication, because that's all that happens is just miscommunication. And I'm not one of those people that I don't want miscommunication in books because I do think that's very human. People mm-hmm. say one thing, the other person thinks they're saying something else, or for some reason they can't say the thing they mean. And all. like, I am 100% okay with that happening in books, but I just can't, like, that is, that things are only ever taken the wrong way and people are only ever just don't speak to each other in a way that is like, just, just talk it out uh, is 
it like it just gets annoying after a while. Um, mating because there's a lot of talk about mating and being mated. Danger bang. So like they basically have sex because they both think they're about to die, and so they're like, let's just fuck it out. I think it's a great thing. It was very heightened, which was really fun. Um, found families because that's kind of what new species is. Is kind of like everybody being together. And then uh, Monster Mate. He's not a monster, but it's like kind of like Morning Glory Milking Farm, where it's just like a not human hero with a human woman. And then yeah. uh, pregnant first. So she sort of gets pregnant, and then they have to figure out the relationship. Yeah. So Pregnancy before love. Yeah, exactly. Pregnancy before love. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right, Clayton, what... Uh, has you swooning this week well i've already swooned about this show before but i am very excited because the new season of taskmaster started and have you watched taskmaster no have you talked about this before this is the first time hearing of it i have i've talked about it before it's a it's a a show from the um it's a british show and basically they get a bunch of comedians or presenters or you know celebrities together and it's a show about doing tasks and it's uh it's it's a game show but it's it's also sort of like a panel show it's really fun and great and the 12th season just started and the first episode was last week and it's just really fun and it's it's just people trying to figure out these tasks is really fun because you see you see how you would do it and if it would work and then you see people do crazy stuff that you're like oh i wish i would have thought of that and sometimes they fail spectacularly (laughs) and it just humanizes people in a way that is very fun and it's 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 you know it's one of those shows there is some swearing but there's beeped versions if you want to look for the beeped versions. It is a show you could just watch with the whole family because yeah. it's just really a fun, fun show. And season 12 just started. So I'm very excited to go along for that ride. So Taskmaster season 12. Nice. And I would say check it out. I don't know if you would like it, but I would recommend hmm, for you. That's hmm. well, you like Noel, right? Yes. Bake so off he's on started, a season. So. Yeah, he's on a season. So I think it's either season four. I believe it's season four with Noel mm-hmm. Fielding. So maybe try that season to see if you like it. My favorite seven. Okay. How do you watch it? It's on YouTube. Oh, nice. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I would check it out. Aaron, what has you swooning? So I'm also swooning about a TV show. I love TV. TV is my favorite. Um, it's on Apple TV, but I guess it was also on Hulu is something I just learned in looking up (laughs) it up. So it's called Game Face and it is a British show. It's a half hour comedy and it's starring, uh, Rasheen Conte, who I think, uh, is also like wrote it and everything. She's one of those actresses that you see all the time. But she's really funny and she basically plays this woman who wants to be an act, who is an actor, but is sort of like having a really difficult time of it. And it's all of her like survival jobs and her life and sort of how she keeps, you know, isn't able to sort of get things together, which I guess is not a 
revolutionary concept for a TV show, but it's just really funny and she's really good and it's really well done. And I've just been really enjoying it a lot. So if you're looking for a new, like fun, light show to watch, um, Game Faced on Apple. Is that it? Should we wrap it up? I think we should wrap it up. What, where can they find us, Erin? So first, like we said at the top, come join us on Patreon. Right now, there's nothing extra, <laughs> but things are coming. I promise we're working on things. Um, also, don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. It's how people find us, and we really appreciate it. You guys are actually like so wonderful about reviewing us, and, and we really love it. So if you haven't had a chance, maybe just head over there now while your phone is in your hand and, and do it. It could be great. Uh, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Any recommendations or ideas that you have for the Patreon or kind of anything at all, just go ahead and, and shoot us an email. We are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We have the Facebook Troop, uh, which is a place to gather. And sometimes you get like early information or we will sometimes put polls in there about what people want to do and things like that. So you can check us out there. And then, as always, we have merch, which is linked below. Yes. And then our TikTok. And our TikTok. This is this is turning into such a long segment. And then we have our TikTok, which is run by Annie. So thank you so much to Annie. And uh, we are on TikTok at Learning the Tropes. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening this week. We will be back next week with a mini-sode. Um, but until then, happy reading. Happy reading. All right. Bye.